Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and favorite app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. I use SeatGeek to buy Billy Joel tickets for my wife and daughter at MSG last night, and they had an awesome time. And Billy Joel, keep cranking, man. We love you. Uh, go to SeatGeek.com BS to learn how to buy and sell on SeatGeek. Don't forget to download the free SeatGeek app. Enter promo code BS. That happens to be my initials. What a coincidence. And SeatGeek will send you $20 once you've made your first purchase. Oh, and this is a good one. House, you're going to get hungry just from this read. You ready? Today's episode is also brought to you by Blue Apron. Stop Stop ordering expensive takeout house for less than $10 per meal. Blue Apron will deliver you all the fresh ingredients you need for a delicious and healthy home-cooked meal. Hey, House. Would you uh-huh. would you eat juicy Lucy burgers with frizzled onion and butter lettuce walnut salad? I bet you'd eat that. Yes, I would. What about shrimp scampi and fresh linguine with broccoli and cucumber iceberg salad? Done. What about three cheese calzones with lacinato kale and tomato sauce? You'd eat that. Wonderful. Um, well, if you use Blue Apron, you could be making those healthy dishes tonight, right now. You can get your first two meals for free by going to blueapron.com BS and it's time for Friday Rolling. Yeah. Clear enough for you. It's a special, (laughs) special, 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 special edition of Friday Rolling. House, you ready? I mean, it's Friday and we're rolling. Happy New Year. Yeah, we, we took last week off. I don't think anyone cared because nobody listens to podcasts during holiday week. Although people, it was like, I don't know, 80% of what we normally get. But it does seem like, uh, I, I don't think people missed us that much. But they would miss us this week because it's round one. Uh, my dream in life is to go 11-0 against the spread in round one. I have no other dreams. I, I've won titles in all my sports. All my all my Boston teams have won titles. Uh, actually, I do. My, my daughter winning a state cup in soccer, that's a dream. Going 11-0 against the spread. I think that's a dream. I don't have much left. House, have you ever gone? You haven't gone 11-0 against the spread, right? No, I, I think I lost one game uh, three years ago. I'm on one of my hot streaks. The year, No, that was uh, the year that Seattle beat the pants off Denver. I lost one game that year. Mm. So, really weird uh Outcome, and then now it's flipped because it seems like Washington is going to end up being favored against Green Bay. But for unlike Thursday, all four road teams were favored in round one, and I immediately tweeted out the Hill Street Blues, Michael Conrad, let's be careful out there, Link, because nothing makes me more nervous than road favorites in the playoffs. It's just uh, pretty damning. In the wild card round, which I think started, I don't know, somewhere in the mid 80s, late 80s, whatever, early 90s. When did the wild card round start? I don't even remember. Uh, home dogs, twelve and eight straight up, and thirteen and seven against the spread in the wild card round. Now, thirteen and seven, if you're betting a million dollars a game, you're, you're you're rolling. You're in Mexico, you're living with Haralabob, or somewhere wherever Haralabob lives. Uh, road dogs are, are road favorites. Are you scared of the road favorites this week, House? Against the spread, yes, I am. I mean, there's two different things going on here um i like very much a couple of the road favorites to win the games outright but i talk about money lines yeah i don't like laying points to them i don't i mean there's there's a couple of these that i just 
maybe three of them, maybe four of them. I don't like laying the points. Well, let's go one at a time. And we'll go in order of how the games are being played. The Shakey Special on Saturday at one one thirty. One thirty West Coast time. So I guess four thirty East Coast time, right? Uh KC is at Houston. And KC was three point favorites all week, which I loved, and now they're three and a half point favorites. And I keep waiting for everybody to jump on Houston at some point because it's Andy Reid, because it's the Chiefs. J.J. Watt at his cast off, Houston home, all that stuff. Just kind of trickle that line to three and maybe even ideally two and a half. Doesn't seem to be happening. Uh, these two teams are combined 16 and two since Halloween. Houston's defense is pretty good. They 10 points or less they have allowed in six of their last nine games. The Patriots torched them. And I think that's... That's relatively important for what we're about to talk about. They're only good QBs that they've gone against this year. Tom Brady, Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, Cam Newton. They're in that future. They get to play six games against the AFC South, including one where Luck wasn't there. Um, the case against them, other than the fact that they're Houston, uh, no Dwayne Brown. Left tackle's out. Right tackle's hurt, might play, might not. I haven't seen a definitive answer on that. Center's going to play, but had a concussion. Brian Hoyer's had, what, two concussions this year? This feels like one of those picks where you take Houston and you feel like a moron about halfway through the second quarter. Uh, What scares you about taking Houston other than everything I mentioned? Uh, Everything you just mentioned. I mean, with uh, special emphasis on the moron part because – that's exactly where I'm going to find myself in this game. I'm not willing to concede three and a half to Kansas City under any circumstances with all of the Andy Reid angles at play here. Kansas City 0-10 against the spread in its last 10 wild card uh, games. Andy Reid 3-8 and against the spread in the playoffs when he's playing a team that's coming off back-to-back wins. Oh, and five against the spread when his team is favored. So I, this is to me an immovable object versus unstoppable force kind of situation. A uh, trend for the Chiefs, a, a trend that helps the Chiefs, the Houston Texans have held their opponents to 6-6 six, six, and 10 points over the last three games. Very impressive. Yeah. But that works against them, 2-9 and nine against the spread as an underdog of more than two points. These are um, a lot of numbers, House. You just see... Well, I love, I, you know, is I'm, there a test I'm an after? angles guy. I like the angles. Well, you left out the Chiefs... How about this? The Chiefs haven't run a, ro- a road playoff game since 1993, the 1993 season when they won in Houston. Uh, we had basically... Just fresh out of college at that point. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a almost 25 years ago. Yeah, OJ and his wife were still married in 1993, to put that in perspective. Uh... That scares me. There's a lot of Andy Reid, Casey, just how many times have we been burned by this situation? Separately with Casey, separately with Andy Reid, and then together, it feels like the perfect storm of, oh yeah, Casey, they're so much better. I'm putting my mortgage on Casey, and then Houston somehow wins, and you're just like, I can't believe I did it again. I can't believe I trusted Casey. Can't believe it. What did I see? Do? I actually think Kansas City is going to win. I'm just completely unwilling to lay three and a half. Well, I'm going to make you feel better about that. 
Justin Houston's back. That's good. KC seems That's healthy. Uh, the Lions playing well. They've been playing well. They're on 10th straight. Houston is, is it's not even an are we sure they're a good team. It's are we even sure they're half decent. The Patriots killed them. And it was one of those things where if the Patriots played them 10 times, I think the Patriots would have beaten them 10 times. And one of the things they did on defense was, you know, you just assume they're going to throw Malcolm Butler on DeAndre Hopkins and want to have him shut him down. That matchup will decide the game. They just double-teamed Hopkins. They didn't even use Butler on Hopkins. They just double-teamed him. They just took Hopkins out of the game, and they put Butler on Houston's second receiver. And now Houston couldn't throw the ball at all, and it was over. Why wouldn't the Chiefs do that? Why wouldn't the Chiefs do that? And the Chiefs have uh, an excellent secondary. Excellent secondary. Double-team Hopkins. Take him out. Put uh, put Peters on Houston's second receiver, which I think is still Nate Washington. It doesn't even seem possible. Um, so who's beating them? Alfred Blue? Brian Hoyer? And what if Brian Hoyer gets hurt? You don't realize Brian, we're one Brian Hoyer hit away from Brandon Whedon coming into this game. That's another reason I can't take Houston. Wow. Think about that. You're down 10-3 to three in the second quarter. Hoyer takes a huge hit from Justin Houston. And all of a sudden, oh. And then answer go oh, and oh, there's Brian, Brandon Whedon warming up. Oh my God, get me out of this bet if I if yeah. I have Houston, I just can't do it. I'm ha- I, it, here's what I think the move is with this game. If you're betting on it, I think the move is to use the Houston the uh, Kansas City money line, which I think is like minus one eighty, and I think you parlay that with another game you like, and then you're protected against fine. then you're protected against the line, but. Um, we have to pick against the spread, and I'm going to take KC minus three and a half because I think if they get up seven, the game's over. Yeah, I'm taking Houston. Uh, I just can't. It, the half point is the, is the big decider. I think that I would be thinking um, very differently about this if it was two and a half or three, but that half point, I'm completely unwilling to lay it. So the playoff manifesto, which I kept writing over and over again from 1997 <laughs> to 2015. It started with 10 entries and ended up with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kept working on it, kept working on it. One of the rules is don't really look at the spread. Just pick who you're going to win, who you think's going to win. Don't try to get cute because just pretend your life is on the game. And if your life's on the game, you're like, you're going to be murdered if you have the wrong choice. And just throw the line out completely. Who are you taking? You're taking KC, right? I am. So the only reason you're taking Houston is because of that extra half point. That's true. That's not a good reason to put your life on the line, is my point. I'm not saying you're right or you're wrong. I just, I don't, I, you have Brian Hoyer, who's one hit away from Brandon Whedon. You have no playmakers other than Hopkins, who the Chiefs can take out. I just feel like you'd be really worried about your life around midway through the second quarter. I would hate my life if it came down to uh, <laughs> the outcome of this game. Let's just be honest. So here's the case against the Chiefs. It looks too easy. Uh, terrible postseason history. Their fans are, are will go into we're expecting the worst mode as soon as something goes wrong. And uh, and this just feels like a typical classic Andy Reid game, which, you know, last week with Fitzpatrick in that do-or-die Jets game, and the case against the Jets was Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't had one of those games where he just rams it up your butt. Uh, when you're least expecting it. <laughs> the rammer. He, <laughs> and uh, 
And they're driving downfield, and it's great. They're about to take the lead, and then boom, three interceptions in 10 minutes. In it's the- not my fault that, that you, uh, and by extension Sal, didn't loop me in on the discussion of whether or not to, to put the Jets into anything. I had the Bills. I love the Bills. I put them in the uh, the ESPN thing. If, we'd had it, uh, if we had been rolling last week, I would have told you, be careful with the Jets. The rammer is out there. The ram- The rammer. He had a telephone pole he rammed right up there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, the Chiefs are remind me of that. But I just don't think Houston's good. That's really what it comes down to. I don't, I don't think this is a situation. You know, sometimes you can talk yourself into some of these teams. But, like, here are their wins. They've won yeah, nine games, I was just going to say, right? who's the best team they beat in the last eight weeks? Because that's go, really what we're looking at. Yeah, I'm going to go through their wins for you. And you tell me if you feel good about taking that three and a half. They beat the Bucks in Week Three. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. They beat the Jaguars in Week Six. They beat the Titans in Week Seven. They beat the Bengals in that weird Monday Night game when everybody was too excited about the Bengals and they just crapped the bed. And I so that's a good win. I that was a really strange game, and I, I'm not entirely sure what happened in that game. I remember being acutely my my feelings were hurt because I was ready to invest in in Cincinnati and there were a bunch of trends against Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, in that and I said, you know what? I'm not going with the trends. This is one where I'm just going with what my eyes tell me. You know what? My eyes suck. Yep. Next week they beat the Jets 24-17. Those are two. That's a back to back. Not know, bad. Two legit wins, right? Not bad. They beat the Jets at home. Uh, they were getting four points that game. They beat yeah, the Saints. They got killed by, uh, oh, I'm sorry, they, they lost to the Bills, then they got killed by the Pats. Last three weeks, they beat the Colts and broken down Matt Hasselbeck and made Charlie Whitehurst might have even been involved in that game. They killed the Titans, who are the worst team in the league, who have the number one pick, and they killed the Jaguars in a meaningless Week 17 game when they had basically already clinched the AFC South. So those are all of their wins. Two good ones. Two good ones. Yeah. Uh, well, look, House, I'm glad we disagree this early, but uh, God damn, I'm taking Andy Reid. I can't believe it. You you are. I, I can't wait to text you tomorrow. <sighs> I, I can't. I can't take Houston. Andy I can't Reed. take Power. Andy Reid. Yeah, I can't no, take I Hoyer. You're taking Hoyer. I, 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 I'm not talking myself. It's why I, I trotted out all those technical angles. There isn't anything about Houston, the football team, that I like. I just like the situation slightly better. All right. Well, it's good for the Patriots. if The best case scenario for the Patriots is if Casey wins this game and then Cincinnati beats Pittsburgh because then the Patriots would have Cincinnati in round two. Casey would go to Denver, and I think that's a nightmare for Denver if Casey goes to Denver. Sure. At that point, you're just banking on any read. All right, second game. Pittsburgh at Cincy. Saturday night, a perennially strange game. Uh, usually weirdness happens on Saturday night. Most famously, uh, I think that was the Tebow overtime touchdown, which as the years pass is, is bordering on becoming the most incredible play in the history of the NFL, considering Tim Tebow threw an overtime the, the new rules started that year. Tim Tebow throws an 80-yard overtime touchdown pass to win a playoff game. That happened. A, a, that happened in our single, lifetime. A single moment. That's a legacy moment for a guy that 32 football teams have determined doesn't have, can't have a career in this league. 
I had a the, legacy moment. I had the Denver money line. I had them against the spread. That was one. And listen, I believe in Tim Tebow. You can't tell me he's worse than some of the dudes we watched the last three to four weeks. It's just unbelievable to me that he can't play. But I, Charlie I, Whitehurst, all these dudes, like Josh Freeman gets exhumed from his graveyard. He gets to play. Where's Tim Tebow? He must not want to play. Yeah, there's something we should we should be investigating this. There's some there's something going on there, right? Yeah, feels like it. So Pittsburgh at Cincy, Tomlin versus Marvin Lewis. Tomlin always scares me to have money on him because he does weird stuff. We've talked about this before, but he's the guy who hits on eighteen and blackjack for no reason, and he's just laughing and he's having mixed drinks. And you, you, it's fun to be at his table, but at the same time, he's screwing up the cards, and you're kind of annoyed by him. But you don't want to leave the table either because he's fun. Uh, and then Marvin Lewis, who's just can't win in the playoffs, has no playoff wins, zero. Another one, another immovable object versus an unstoppable force game to me. You have AJ McCarron going against Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> and on paper, playoff manifesto. Looking at the quarterbacks is like number one. So. Basically, you take Cincinnati, you're betting against Ben Roethlisberger, and you have money on A.J. McCarron, who wasn't playing until six weeks ago, career backup, uh, and and that's your choice. doesn't seem like a great choice. It does not seem like a great choice. Since he yet, has, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to do it. Since he has seven straight non-covers in the playoffs, they have not won a playoff game since 1990. They have one wild card win ever. Roethlisberger ten and five straight up in the playoffs, nine and six versus the spread. Great passing attack uh, with Pittsburgh. I'm scared of all of their receivers. Antonio Brown will be the best player in the game since he's got McCarron, who has not thrown for over 200 yards yet in any of the, in these any of these starts. Right? Yeah, he has not topped 200 yards in any start. Uh, running backs are fine. AJ Green's great. Eifert's back, which is good. They're home. It's going to be cold. And normally I would say I'm I'm just taking the better quarterback. There's an X factor. There's two X factors, oh. actually. Oh. One is that D'Angelo Williams is wearing a walking boot. That seems like a problem. That's a factor. A factor with a big mark, with a big X mark on it. Right. Their offense is basically we have great receivers. We're spreading them out. We're going to put one running back back there. And you have to worry about the running back because he's actually pretty good. That that's the kind of offense that the Patriots have a lot of trouble shutting down. In Pittsburgh's case, you have now removed the running back, who's pretty good, who's above average, who isn't yeah. you know as dangerous as Le'Veon Bell was, but was good, was cranking out four or five yards of pop. Now you're putting in dudes I've never heard of who aren't good, and you know there's a tipping like, point. Like you mean Fitzgerald, Pierre, yeah, who, Gary Trudeau, Toussaint. Yeah, those guys aren't coming back to haunt you in any capacity. And the Patriots were in this, in this, uh, had the same thing happen when they lost Deion Lewis. And all, when you have really ordinary, mediocre running backs, it, it cripples your offense. Because now when those guys are in there, their defense isn't worried about them. When Deion Lewis was in there, he could run the ball, he could catch the ball out of the backfield. Def- the defense had to worry about him, and that opened up other parts of the field. But with, with these guys, no. So now since he's going to this game thinking, just got to shut down their their receivers and we're going to win. And Baltimore did that in week 16. They did that weird zone defense on them. It took away all the long plays. Pittsburgh had 17 points. So can that happen again, House? 
I think so. I like Cincinnati's defense quite a bit. Over the course of the season, we have a very nice sample out of them. They are a markedly better defense than Pittsburgh's defense. And I, they're all the factors of the past history with Cincinnati are unnerving. And yet, I like Cincinnati. I just, they're the team with the better record getting points at home. It's crazy. Which just feels like a, you know, on, on, in your playoff manifesto, isn't that in, a, in the top five of, of rules to pay attention to, things to pay attention to? Yeah, it's the quarterback would be the reason to be afraid as well as the history, but you, you were afraid of Casey's history and you're not afraid of Cincy's history, which makes you a giant hypocrite. I just want no, to No, no, I, I am afraid of Cincy's okay. history. I hate Cincy's history, um, but I, I, I have been impressed by the body of work over the course of the season. The difference between, uh, you know, ignoring the Cincy history uh, in this instance and um, sort of honoring the, the, the history of, of the Chiefs is um, the, the the body of work for Cincinnati over over the course of this season? I forgot I, it, to mention. I with, feel like there's a regression moment here. They're ready to flip the script. So the Chiefs, I forgot to mention, were fifth in DVOA this season: sixth offense, sixth defense, seventh special teams. That's really good. They're weighted DVOA, which is a really good stat because it values like how the team is doing relatively recently, right? What the uptick is. They're second in the league behind Seattle. Um, So they're peaking at the right time. Yeah. Houston was 18th in DVOA. Um, 32nd ranked special teams, which I love bad special team going against bad special teams in the playoffs because it's like, it's almost like if you have a sore on your knee and the playoffs are just, it's the most likely place to just have that scab ripped off. If you just don't, you don't want to go into the playoffs with bad special teams, which they have. And they have the 24th offense by DVOA. So two of the three things they do are awful. So if you're, if you're picking Houston, you're basically saying the defense is winning this game. It's going to be a 13 to 10 game and Houston's winning it. They're getting turnovers. Again, I don't feel good about that with, with, uh, with Cincy Pitt, the reason I bring this up, Cincy Pittsburgh, Cincy's second in DVOA for the season behind Seattle, mm-hmm. which I didn't realize. That's, and I, I was that's surprised the body of work. It. Yeah. Pittsburgh was seventh. Weighted DVOA, Pittsburgh was slightly better. Uh, it said Pittsburgh's D was 11th for the season in DVOA, but when I watch them, I, I, for some reason I watch more Pittsburgh games than usual, it just seems like you could move the ball on them. You know Why? Because you can move the ball yeah, on you them. could. Well, they get turnovers. They're super opportunistic. Uh, Barnwell's great kryptonite column from this week. Yeah, Bill that Barnwell, was excellent. They're, they're, if, if they don't um, create a turnover, they're very susceptible. They're very vulnerable. Right. You could say that about, you know, turnovers help every defense. But my thing with Pittsburgh is you can just put 12-play 80-yard drives on them anytime you want unless they're getting a thing. And it just seems really easy to move the ball over and over again down the field. Baltimore was doing it, for God's sakes. So with Cincy, I don't think McCarron's bad. You know, did you watch the Cincy-Denver game, which was pretty excruciating for the most part? He's pretty good. I did. The first I half. watched the entire thing. First half of that game, Denver's defense, you know, they're they're going all out. McCarron, I like the way he handled himself. Like he's not perfect, but um I don't think he's a disaster. I, I just don't think he's gonna be 
cowed. You know, he's not going to be uh, afraid of the moment, which seems to be a little bit of a characteristic that I think we could fairly uh, attribute to Dalton. Just yeah. not up to the moment in those playoff games, and it kept you know the the recurring the recurrence of it. It, it started to feel like a, a a characteristic. I I like I like the clean slate of McCarron. Yeah. So the the Steelers. They uh, beat the Niners, beat the Rams, lost to the Ravens in OT, beat the Chargers, beat the Cards. The Cards is their best win. Plus six favorites at home. Was that the Landry Jones game? Yeah, I think it was. Roethlisberger got hurt, and Landry Jones came in. They, oh, amazing. Uh, That's right. Week nine, beat the Raiders. Week 10, Browns. Week 13, Colts. They beat the Bengals in week 14, but that was the game that Dalton broke his thumb, right? Yes. Beat the Broncos. They beat the Broncos at home. Brock Osweiler beat the Browns. It's not, I can't say that's the most inspiring slate of wins. They're, they're good, though. I mean, nobody would be surprised if they went on a run here and, and were in the Super Bowl again. Okay. I wouldn't be shocked. You just made the case against them because. People think they're better than they are, I think, including yeah. myself. I was like, I don't want to play the Steelers. Oh, the Pats got to avoid the Steelers. I'm terrified of those receivers. It's like, why am I afraid of the Steelers? Because they got good receivers? Great. It's going to be zero degrees in Cincinnati. How many, how many yards are they going to throw for? I don't know. I, I, I like Cincy. I like getting the points. I think either team could win. I feel like you're getting three free points in this game. And exactly I think Cincy can win. That's my rationale. I yeah. like Cincinnati under these circumstances as well. You know what I don't like? In a, in a freezing game where the road team has no running game whatsoever. I don't like that. Yeah, it's it's Pierre Fitzgerald, Trudeau, Frissant, Toussaint. <laughs> Is that his name? Now, I don't feel as confident about this one as I do about Casey only because this is a game that, that Big Ben could just win by himself. It, it is. You know, one thing we haven't mentioned also, it's Pittsburgh's third straight road game. Yeah. And um, there's a bunch of angles that run against teams on, in that situation, too. So, worst case scenario for each team. Since he blows this game, I think Marvin Lewis is gone. Right? Maybe. Wow. Why? How many playoff games can you lose? Who's going to lose 20 before he gets fired? Like, at some point, you got to move on. They should be able to win this game. I don't know. That's, they've had a, a pretty impressive run of success. It feels like a change for change's sake. Oh, that, that's There's the no core, core sickness, core infirmity with, with the Bengals. Uh, Red Rifle's untimely injury. I have one more you point can... for you in this game. Go ahead. Um, it's really hard to beat the same team twice on the road. That is a rival. That is a good team. I think like the Patriots could go into Houston and beat them again. I mean, nobody would be surprised by that. Pittsburgh, I'm so glad Pittsburgh going point. into Cincy and beating them twice in the same season within five weeks of each other feels far fetched to me. Let me give you a nice little angle from my good buddy Big Al Big Al McMorty NFL yeah. teams are a perfect. Let me repeat that. Perfect ten and O against the spread in the playoffs, against division rivals, if they're coming off of a point spread defeat and playing with revenge from a loss in which they gave up 28 or greater points. 
Beautiful. Pittsburgh beat the Bengals 33-20 to 20 four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Yeah. And the Bengals just failed to cover. I'm taking Cincy. I don't feel awesome about it, but I feel good about it. I, th- I think it's a nice little slight contrary play. I think most people like Pittsburgh. I think most people are thinking about Pittsburgh versus Denver round two already. Uh, AJ McCarron is is kind of the red herring for people in this game. And yeah. I, I don't. Here's the thing: Was Andy Dalton great in any playoff games? Is Andy Dalton even that good? Well, this is the thing, right? I like McCarron as a as a fresh face here. Yeah. Uh, all right, before we get to the uh, – oh, one last thing on the Saturday. This is my other prediction because I'm doing Cincy, Casey. The narrative of the day is people throwing out their baggage. Cincy finally gets a win. Casey finally gets a win. Andy oh, Reid on like the road. It. It's just – I like it. It's it's the baggage shedding day on Saturday. See, the baggage shedding doesn't even hurt my Houston pick because Kansas City can win. I just don't think they're going to cover the three and a half. All right. I want to talk about our buddies at Squarespace. They, oh, good friends of ours. They build fantastic websites for normal people. We're at, we're relatively normal people. Uh, yeah, I'm normal to, to slightly under. I look at uh, our friend cousin Sal, who went 13 and four in his best bets on Sports Center, who made playoff bets this week on Sports Center, and uh, very hard to find his picks online. If he had had a Squarespace site, I'd just go to his Squarespace site and find out who he picked. Um, he's too lazy to do that. You're not as lazy. I'm making you do a Squarespace site. You haven't done I'm it excited. yet, right? I have not done one yet. No, we've talked right. about it off and on over the the course of the season here. I'm ready to do it. All right, you're going to do it over the weekend. And you're going to put it up on Twitter and tell people where it is. I'm going to do it. You're going to do it. You you almost had a perfect weekend picking games last month. You had a chance to go 16-0 and 0 heading into the late Sunday games in Week 16, right. which had never I happened in our picks. 11-0 like heading into the afternoon. Um, and yet I can't find your picks and unless I'm looking at them on Twitter or listening to them on this podcast. But I think you should build a website for your picks using Squarespace. So you're going to do that. I'm going to do it. Next Friday on this podcast, we're going to say what the URL is. Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites regardless of skill level. No coding needed. Easy to use tools. State-of-the-art technology. You get 24-7 online support. A beautiful website for only $8 a month. It's a really nice site. You should go check it out. Uh, you even get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. So why wait? Start your trial. No credit card required. Go to squarespace.com. Use the offer code BS for 10% off your first purchase. All right, Sunday's games. Sunday's games. Is your team first? No. Okay. We're the late game. All of oh, America yeah, wants right. to see. Yeah, you like that. The uh, DC Grudens. Seattle at Minnesota. It's going to be the coldest game in the history of the NFL. Is that true? That's what they're saying. In the history of the NFL. In the history of the NFL, there's never been a colder game. Uh, Seattle minus five and a half now against Minnesota. Everyone in the world wants this line to be three so we can take Seattle. And Vegas yeah. is just like, no, nah, we're putting it here. <laughs> putting it here, we dare you to take Minnesota. Oh, f- minus five isn't good enough? Or plus five? We're going to bump it up to five and a half. This game will be six by game time. Oh, that, that's America. America's doing that. Yeah, America's doing it. They're, they're, Vegas is just like, oh, we, we want equal action on both sides. Five's not going to do it. What about five and a half? Nope, that's the more Seattle money still coming in. Uh, damn it. Let's go to six. 
They're just dying for us to take Minnesota. They're begging us. Now it's at six points. He was six point road under or home underdog. And I still like Seattle. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm taking Minnesota. Uh, I can't do begging. it. I'm going to do it. I can't do it. I can't take a team just because of the spread. I just can't. So make your it's case a, for a fair make principle. Your case. Make your case for Minnesota. Well, I, I first of all, the weather thing is uh, a factor I like. I, I have seen a bunch of um, evidence out there about the increased turnovers um, that occur in uh, these cold weather games, and I think that slightly favors the team who's playing the ball control game. Now, it is kind of crazy to be talking about Seattle as a um, uh, – Run and gun, wheel and deal offense, but that's exactly what they've been over the last five weeks. Yeah. Russell Wilson has been spectacular, and they've been running a pretty um, uh, traditional, uh, you know, passing offense for the first time in Russell Wilson's career. Hey, he's pretty good at it. It looks like, um, but I like uh, the 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 Vikings with the ball control kind of offense they have been perpetrating all year. A mistake. Uh, uh, you know, not mistake immune, but but uh, uh, an offense in, in, intended to minimize the mistakes. And if I'm looking at this game from the perspective of the running backs, right? I'm not looking at which quarterback is more likely to have success. Yeah. I like I like a a a a p up against the uh, um, the you know just returning Marshawn. All fair points and. When it's that cold, I almost just want to gravitate toward the home team because I feel like the road team's just bummed out, just in general. But um, here's my counter. I have a couple counters for you. I think Seattle's one of the four best teams in the league. I love the way they're playing, and they're healthy. I like teams that are healthy going in. The whole defense is healthy. Yeah, they have 11 healthy guys now on defense. Like that. Just, you know, they lost Jimmy Graham, but... Uh, the left tackle's back, Okung, Okung, Okung. They're they're just good. They're they're you know the counter is what happened to them in week sixteen against the Rams. Aren't the Vikings similar to the Rams? Don't they have the same type of team? Swarming defense, run game. But in the playoffs, like if you're Seattle, aren't you just taking out Peterson? Just moving Cam Chancellor up. Please beat us, Teddy Bridgewater. Go ahead. Go ahead, take it. Do, do if if we're losing in the playoffs, it's going to be because Teddy Bridgewater throws for three hundred and fifty yards in minus seven degree weather. I don't see it. What happens so, if the Vikings are behind? What if they're down seven to three? Because you're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Yeah, but you can you can stop that in the playoffs. If it's a case of just I'm taking away what the other team does well in a football playoff game, which happens over and over again, this seems like it's the easiest thing to take away. Running backs are notoriously um, up and down in the playoffs. I mean, you, you never win a you never win in the playoffs over and over again because you're running back. You win because you're a quarterback. You can take out know. a running back. You can take out running backs in the playoffs now. I think. Okay. I mean, Seattle, Seattle well, Seattle's, uh, you know, the, the evidence to the contrary I would. I think it's fair to argue that that Marshawn Lynch was a, a crucial element of last year's run. Yeah, but they had Russell Wilson. I know. That's the and difference. That's, that's a good counter, by the way, to the argument about um, 
you know, making this a running back against running back uh, thing. Yeah. Russell Wilson's ability to scramble is un- unparalleled at the moment and is the, the reason to feel comfortable about laying the points. I'm, I feel like it's just too many points. I would like, I would be fine if it was two and a half or three Seattle favored. I'm just not laying five and a half or six. Not doing it. I'm probably going to Moneyline parlay Casey in Seattle to wipe out the Lions for those games because I think both of them are going to win and they're just better. The other thing, yeah. Beast Mode's back for this game. Um, Beast Mode's back. And he's been – did you see how lean he is? It looks good. He's been doing some uh, uh, MMA training. Yeah, I've talked myself into Seattle. I really want to take Minnesota in this game. And I just don't trust Bridgewater. And every time I've I've kind of gotten behind them, I've watched the game and been kicking myself because I just think they're pretty limited on the offense. And I don't trust Patterson. I mean, what are the odds of Patterson putting the ball on the ground on a special teams play in this game? I'm going to say 100%. It's a little unnerving. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, uh, I'm this is my gift the to the Viking fans because I like Seattle. <laughs> couple angles uh, that support... Uh... The Vikings teams playing with revenge uh, in a loss where they gave up 28 points or more, 55 and 37 against the spread. That's a nice angle, but 5 and 0 as a home underdog. In this mm. instance, the Vikings are a home underdog. I like 5 and 0. Home you know underdog. Who else is 5 and 0? By the way, Russell Wilson that? in the playoffs as a favorite. But yeah, go it's, ahead. It's, look, it's nice. There's a lot of contrary stuff out there. And Seattle Vikings is four straight wild card wins. Spread. Last 10 games, Vikings nine and one against the spread as an underdog. Seattle's four um, straight wild card. The other wins. one, the other one I like though is home underdogs off back to back wins. Yeah, twenty six and five in non division games since nineteen eighty. If they're coming in with a better record than their opponent, that happens to be the case here between the Vikings and the Seahawks in the playoffs. Those teams are seven and one against the spread. So you so think? This is, I just like the spread. I like the, the five and a half. I like the six. I think it's going to be an even game. It might, it might be 10-7, 10-6 this game. Well, and that's the, that's where I was leaning for a lot of the week, where it's just like it's going to be freezing cold and these teams are going to score 17 points combined and whatever. But I actually think, I don't know. I, I just don't want to take Teddy Bridgewater and, and Minnesota's offense in this game. And I and the fact that Peterson's a little banged up and he's had back issues and he missed a practice and he had a lot of miles put on him this year. He's 31 years old. It's freezing cold. This Camp Chancellor's just, you know he's going to come up as like the the eighth guy on the line. Yeah. And you know they're just going to try to beat the shit out of him for four quarters. I, I, I don't feel... Uh bad about uh you know a seattle winning and, and kicking the vikings ass i just am not prepared to give the points that's all here's your worst case scenario for this game it's 10 to nothing seattle bridgewater's just throwing a pick and now they're showing adrian peterson gingerly walking to the locker room let's go down to pam oliver pam what's going on with adrian uh his back is bothering me and he took a hard hit from cam chancer and he is questionable to return guys Toby Gerhardt's going to be in there. Not Toby Gerhardt. Who's their backup now? I, Whoever it is. That's, your, that's your nightmare that's so scenario, funny. right? That, at that point, you're like, oh, this game's going to be a 31-3 final. And that might happen. I had one more that point about cold. Scenario. So remember watching Cincinnati and San Diego when we were kids? Yeah. In 1980? Yep. And it was like freezing cold. But when it was freezing cold in 1980... It was like your life was in danger. You're, you're like in that Everest movie. 
They had none of the shit they have now. They had none of the clothes they have now. They had none of like uh, the fancy heaters on the sidelines. The heaters on the sidelines. They're playing big on, coats. Yeah, they're playing on artificial turf, which back in the seventies and eighties, artificial turf was basically they put the field over concrete and then it's, just laid over this piece of turf over it. It's it's astonishing that more guys weren't weren't hurt, you know, in, in those moments. Oh, I, I mean, think we they still, were. I I don't oh. think anyone who played in that game was ever the same. I think all of them were ruined for life in some capacity. I think it took like right. five years out their playing careers. They're just with all like the concussion stuff. I'm not even making a joke about that. Well, no, seriously, I'm I'm saying about like they're, they're just like the physical abuse that their shoulders, their backs, their knees, their legs, all that stuff just playing on a frozen concrete field for four periods, quarters. Ludicrous. And now it's like, all right. It's freezing, but I'm wearing, I have all these weird little warmer things and I have the heaters and I'm doing this and the field's, field's frozen, but it's not frozen in a way that my life's in danger on every play. And I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Say that Seattle since or the San Diego Cincy game would be a good documentary Oh, because San Diego was like the, the Steve Nash sons basically of that era. Sure. And probably should have won a Super Bowl at some point in there. Just the way they play, they're so unique and so innovative and um they're a critically acclaimed team, which is a fun phrase. Like that's like the Suns end up just they never won a title, but they're critically acclaimed. San Diego's like that. And they end up in the worst possible situation for the exact team that they were. They're in cold weather. The coldest weather ever. They're on the East Coast. They're not. They don't get to play their West Coast offense. They can't throw. Everybody's freezing, and and all of a sudden their season's over. Anyway, uh, I don't, I'm not well, as worried about Seattle with that. It's fun that you work at a place where you're allowed to do documentaries. Hmm. Good point, House. To do so. Good point, House. Uh, hey, we have uh, we have to talk about our friends at Framebridge. Um, they make it super easy to custom frame your favorite items you can mail them anything art oh. posters memorabilia whatever pennants? you want yeah their experts will I frame have, it i have a capital bullets pennant in here yeah. sitting on the floor right now mail it to them they 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 couldn't wouldn't be happier to do anything in life than to frame that for you uh you can even upload photos from your phone or your laptop and send them to them they'll frame that pricing starts at 39 dollars, a fraction of the expensive frame stores uh, all shipping is free. If you enter offer code BS at the checkout, you get 15% off your first Framebridge offer. They framed a jersey for the Cuz. Yeah. And it was awesome. It looked great. Was it a Romo jersey? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course. What are they, going to frame a Whedon jersey for him? Of course it was a Romo jersey. <laughs> they framed uh, the Obama GQ thing oh. that I did for me, and it looked awesome. And... I was waiting until after the holidays to do this, but they, they told me they would frame some stuff for me. I'm going to send them like 20 posters. I want some stuff framed. I well, love this. Maybe they'll frame it. It's really reasonably priced. Thing. I had no idea. You know what's funny about framing stores, though? Or, you know, like in your local neighborhood or whatever? It's the biggest ripoff of all time. If and you walk in there with five framed, things. It's, it's, like being, it's, it's like having money stolen from you. So you walk in with five things, you're not walking out of there with the price quote under $800. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the biggest racket of all time. So Framebridge has, has flipped that. And one of my favorite sponsors that we have on the on the pod, because I, I really believe that, uh, that it's better to go with them 
than to go to your local store where you're just free shipping. I mean, the only thing about it is I don't want to put the mom and pops out of business, but you know, we're putting putting them out of business. Go Framebridge. All right. (laughs) Speaking of mom and pop and speaking of home, home cooking, your team, you like that? I'm so beside myself. Yeah, I've calmed down a little bit oh. since two weeks ago. You so, don't like I mean, that I was, as much. I was all if we had rolled, if we had Friday rolled, you know, right before uh, New Year, it, you would have heard me. There would have been songs sung. There would have been all, all kinds of stuff. The Eagles were so bad. Yeah, it's astonishing how bad they were. And that that was that, they that was the live embodiment of a team quitting. On its coach, we got to watch it in in all its glory on national TV. I loved it, and it, the fact that it featured my home team for once. I mean, the 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 the, the locals here, the DC Grudens, make it to the playoffs like once every uh, election cycle. Yeah. So you you have to savor these moments. You have to uh, you know re- re- really um, enjoy it. Take the, a, a long a long gulp of, of, of what they're putting out there. And it just so happens that this team is so likable. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is the most likable guy the story this week about him taking in foster dogs. He's on the podium in a starter jacket. He's the guy that Gruden wanted from the moment that Gruden arrived here two years ago. Yeah. And it's finally come to pass, and everybody's being validated and vindicated. It's such a rare moment of success for the Washington professional football team. I can't wait to play this next Friday after you lose by 14. <laughs> We're just going to play it and listen to it. I'll do, we'll do a director's commentary. <laughs> oh, there are so many bad trends and bad angles against Washington in this game. You know who I'm happy for even more than Kirk Cousins? Who that? Daniel Snyder. I, you know, that, oh, that, that guy oh, deserves it, man. Oh, how dare that you? That guy deserves it. How no, he's dare a great you? Owner. He deserves it's it. infuriating. It's All he does is he's done right with the, with the Redskins fans for – Years and years and years and years, and it's just to see him get rewarded like this, it really warms my heart. I probably shouldn't say this. I'm actually going to attend the game um, this, this Sunday. Why wouldn't you but, say that? Well, here, here's I, that part I'm, I'm willing to say. There's no yeah, problem yeah, with that there's part. There's other parts you can't say. Yeah. There are, here's the part that I probably shouldn't say. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky enough to find myself um, in a situation where I, I'm probably going to be in a box. Yeah, and I emailed um, a couple buddies of mine, another couple diehards, that uh, if if you know, no matter what the outcome of Sunday's game, um, if my path were were to cross with um, Mr. Snyder's, I would definitely take the occasion to to tell him that I hate his guts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, I. I, 20 years of my life, 15 years of, of, of my life of, of ineptitude, franchise dysfunction, I can barely speak, the, the most demoralizing, cynical kind of, of behavior perpetrated against the, uh, uh, a faithful fan base here. Yeah. I, 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 I just can't, you know, someday I'll make, I'll make a peace with it. Maybe if they rip off this, this right now is the beginning of the Kirk Cousins uh, decade yeah. coming up here. Maybe I'll get over all of the hurt feelings that I have yeah. for the franchise. But, you know, and I haven't been to a game. I hate going out there. The stadium stinks. It's hard to get to. It's hard to get out of. I mean, you know, I've been – and there hasn't been any reason to go. So 
I thought That's when you it. were setting up that run into Dan Snyder thing, I thought it was going to be like a Homeland season one Brody. If he get if he's able to get into the White House, he's going to take out the president type of situation. <laughs> I was scared for a second. I told no, my friends I, I would absolutely uh, jab him with a hypodermic needle. No, I'm glad I'm glad you were just telling me you hate his guts, but. Everything you just said made me even more worried for your Washington professional football team. Oh, I know. You you just unironically said the words the Kirk Cousins decade. <laughs> well, it's possible. <laughs> I like that. The Kirk Cousins decade. Come on, he's only twenty seven. Yeah. What a decade! Him and Jake it'll be. Gruden. All right, well, so, you know, we've stuck to our fundamentals, got our game plan. You know, the guys really did good, great job. Everybody chipped in. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Just do your job. Everybody's doing their job. So, hey, Kirk Bruce. Cousins is, uh, since the, you like that game, according to our friend Bill Barnwell, 23 TDs and three picks. I said that stat on Monday, but I'm saying it again. The Redskins, six straight wins as home favorites in the playoffs. Six and nice. two all time in the wild card round. It's nice. Green Bay, no playoff road wins since 2010. Lifetime, 2-7 and seven versus the NFC East in the playoffs. Um, but throw all that away. Throw all the numbers away. Yeah. Green Bay just looks like something's wrong with them. And, and it, usually when, when your reasons for thinking it's going to turn around in the playoffs, you're just like, well, that's Aaron Rodgers. He's good. It reminds me a little of Pittsburgh in uh, – the, the year they lost to T-Bone, round one, when I think they were laying like eight or nine or ten points or whatever, and they but they didn't look good, and Roethlisberger was banged up, and everybody was like, no, no, it's Roethlisberger, he'll be fine, and they just assumed it would be fine. I've watched a lot of Green Bay games because it seems like they're either on at night or they're always the late game or it's like the exclusive game, and we've talked about this. Oh, I went Phil Simms, sorry. Uh, Joe, we've talked about this. His guys are never open. They're never, ever, ever open. The Jordy Everybody's Nelson been talking thing, about that for 10 weeks now. I know. The Jordy Nelson thing, when they Jordy Nelson got hurt, I was like, oh, that's a tough one. They'll figure it out. It'll be fine. It's not fine. It, it killed their fine. team. And the only time they ever seem to get big plays is either he throws it to James Jones, who's open by an inch, but the pass is so perfect, you know, it, it's caught, or... Nobody's open. Rodgers almost gets sacked. He rolls around, scrambles, buys seven more seconds, and somebody cuts off whatever their route was and finds a seam, and and then they could put it that way. I, I don't it, like anything the hail I mary see is them. their best play. Yeah, I mean it's they they their their best play is heaving the ball downfield and praying for pass interference. Yeah, so they they finished ten and six, and one of those wins was the hail mary. They uh. They lost count. their last two weeks of the season. Their last their last three wins were the Lions, Cowboys, and Raiders. Not impressive. Their defense has not been the same since Sam Shields took a hike and got hurt. And uh I don't know. The na- I always try to think about like what what is the narrative gonna be after the game? Assuming I think it goes the way it's gonna go. For me, this feels like uh they lose, and the two narratives are Redskins, Kirk Cousins. Things are looking up. It's never finally the Redskins fans have blah, blah, blah. That's one narrative. And then the other narrative is Mike McCarthy, time to go. 
Yeah, I mean, the D.C. Grudens really are the feel-good team at the moment, aren't they? Seems like it, which isn't a good All thing. It. By the way, people All always, it. I get emails sometimes from people who say they hate when I uh, when I slurp or not, like, I'm spitting in the microphone or whatever I'm doing. <laughs> I'm actually drinking a Kavita sparkling probiotic drink that is not a sponsored ad. There, uh, that's not a sponsored ad? And I think the microphone picks, so I'm going to do it right now. Listen. That's the drink. That's just me yeah, being wow. a bad host. That's just me yeah. not moving far away enough from my microphone. So wait, so when you insult me about the weird noises during the podcast, it's not me being like some some gross person who can't stop making mouth noises. I'm just being inconsiderate. So if you if you're gonna if you're gonna insult me in emails about the weird noises in the background, just insult me for being an inconsiderate host. Don't I mean, say I'm like a weird person podcast. who makes weird noises. Yeah. Thank and you. for the price, you gotta, you know. Yeah, it's a free podcast. Be willing to indulge. Cost you nothing. Cost you nothing. So Washington is favored by a point, but it, it's a pick 'em, and then Green Bay was favored at one point, and it just seems like it's floating between one and one. Yeah. And I think it's gonna end up my prediction. We're taping this on a Friday morning West Coast time. I think it's going to end up Washington by one and a half. Is oh, that's land. funny. I thought it was going to end up Green Bay. I no. thought the money was going to slide in late for Green Bay. I think everybody... First of all, I think Washington's pretty good. I've been saying that to you for a couple of weeks, and you have and you kind of deep down knew they were pretty good, but you didn't well, want to commit to it. I wasn't going to jinx the over. I had the over bet on, on win totals this season. And I wrote an email at the beginning of the season saying I thought they were a little bit improved and that they were going to get over the six and a half. So here are your wins. You beat the Rams. Congratulations on that one. You beat the Rams in week two. Uh, you, you can say that for every win, by the way, but keep, go ahead. You beat the Eagles. Congrats. You beat the Bucks by one. You beat oh, congratulations. The, you killed the Saints. You beat the Giants. You beat the and then the last four. You won four in a row. Bears, Bills. But the Bills was a good win because that kind of knocked the Bills out. Eagles floundering and then the Cowboys. What was amazing and Sal and I talked about this the other day. You were only favored three times in in sixteen games. Here's here's one other here's a characteristic about the the list of teams you just read. Um, not one of them had a winning record. Right. <laughs> you know, but would you say the all- Packers are are better than any of those teams? The, Packers the whole thing are right is, a, you know, it's a it's a congratulations season. Yeah, but that's what you get when you only win seven games. When you go seven and twenty five, the two previous seasons, right? And the answer is no. I heard the question you just asked. That who who are the who are the, the the Packers' most impressive wins all came in the first six games. Um, when the identity of the team, for whatever reason, is radically different than the identity of the team at the moment. We didn't do DVOA for NFC yet. Seattle was number one in DVOA, and their weighted DVOA was 51.1%, which means nothing and is impossible to explain. But trust me, that's like really good. Um, That's about as good as you're going to do heading into the playoffs. Minnesota was 11th uh, in DVOA for the year and 10th overall. Seattle had the second offense, the fourth defense, and the third special teams. And Lockett was... um, it just feels like Lockett's going to be a playoff guy, don't you think? Yeah. Certain yeah. guys, we just see like that guy's going to be a fucking bitch Already. in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, sixteenth offense, fourteenth defense. Seattle's just better. So I'm got congratulations on taking the points there. Um, but then Washington is fifteenth uh, DVOA, 
Green Bay was 10th. But Washington weighted DVOA was 12th, and Green Bay was 19th. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. So Washington was a top 12. We're going to love Washington this year. Yeah, they were a top 12 team in the weighted, which is what we care about. And Green Bay was 19th. And that actually reflects what I watched. It felt like Green Bay got worse as the year went along. And I think Rodgers knows it. He knows it. I think Rodgers partly is deep down. He'd never admit this. and And I don't even think he knows this. He knows he's not winning the Super Bowl with this team. Not this year. I don't think he's going into this going, guys, we're going to get hot. We're going to four straight. We're definitely going to win three on the road. Sometimes you know when you have a shitty team. And no, he, 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 they ended week 17 with him saying, well, I'm not sure how we're going to write the ship, but we have to figure out a way. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. Put it this way. I bet, I bet he has a Sundance uh, hotel room on hold. He's like, when Sunday? He is a player. Yeah, we're not he is a baller. There. Yeah, he's like, we're, we're probably not going to still be in the playoffs at that point. Can you reserve that Sundance hotel room for me? <laughs> yeah, I think this is this is all the makings of one of the great random sports days of your life. Oh, please. Culminating with you telling Snyder you hate his guts in the elevator. <laughs> that, or, that could be a culmination. Or a really, really emotionally scarring, terrible day where... The Cousins era falls apart. You lose. You're stuck getting out of there for three and a half hours. You're not home till 1130, and you're just, you hate everything. It can't, it can't be any worse than the way that Washington lost to Seattle in 2012. I mean, that was the, the, we had, that was the, the, the last great moment for RG3, the first half of that game. Never to be heard from again, Robert Griffin III. Well, I really like Washington in this game. The two games I really like are are uh, I like the Chiefs and I like and I like Washington. I only like one game this this week and it's Washington. I'm going to and bet I- on Washington. I'm going to bet on a Chiefs Seahawks money line parlay. I like that. I don't fault any of it. I'm not going to bet on any of it because I don't love any of these these games and I don't want to double down on the heartbreak for. Yeah, the DC Grudens. Um, but I'm really excited to go to this game and to root for this team and to revel in in a playoff moment with you know eighty thousand of my of my DMV peeps. Um, I have a wager on the Patriots to win the AFC at plus one seventy five. Oh, am I in on that one? You can be. <laughs> it's not too late. It's not too late. Here's my reasoning: if Cincy wins and KC wins. KC goes to Denver round two. I think KC beats Denver. And I think we beat Cincinnati. And I think everyone's sleeping on the Pats because they played possum the last couple weeks. When Edelman and Amadol are back in there with Gronk, it's a team that scores 35 points a game. That's what they do when they have everybody back. What's the status today of Friday, January All these guys are back. They're all practicing on Monday. The team's back. All right. Yeah, it's fine. They just wanted to get to round two. They were doing everything possible to try to not get guys injured and to be careful. And to, they just didn't care. They didn't care if they were the one seed or the two seed. They it was a bizarre it. last two games of the season. Yeah, and now and now Manning is in there for Denver, which is incredible to me. It, it's incredible. It's incredible. What a panic move by Kubiak. I can't believe he did that. I, I, I'm not sure you can call it a panic move, though. I just I, did. I just called it a panic move. I'm going to say it again. It was a panic move. The the, the guy's resume of of playoff experience. He's I our think age. Is probably 
It's slightly better, though, than, than Osweiler. He had slightly nine touchdowns better. and 17 turnovers. <laughs> that was early in the season. He got healthy. He was able to rest over the last several weeks. Osweiler, and maybe maybe there's audible stuff going on that we don't know, but, man, I, I just I, – Osweiler, as a Patriot fan, scared me more than Peyton Manning did. So. I mean, maybe his wife got a couple shipments in the last six weeks. Oh, come on. Stop <laughs> it. She's got shipments from Blue Apron. Healthy Those food. Those are wonderful shipments. Healthy food. She probably loves the healthy food at Blue Apron. Um, yeah, chicken parm tastes really yeah. good in the Manning house lately. Uh, I'm not going to sing till next week. So, anyway, I think if it breaks this way where it's Casey at Denver and then Cincy at New England then there's a chance the Pats could have Casey in round three. I don't home. like plus 175. I'd like that better if it was like plus 250. Well, are they gonna, they're going to be favored in round two. Yeah, I know. Right? So it's basically yep. just a parlay of round two, round three. and go against <laughs> it. But what is your Super Bowl pick? Because I have all the matchup odds. Oh, that's interesting. And I'll tell you what I, I did. Sat, the cousin and I did cards and Pats <laughs> plus 700. Yeah, I want. Why? What do I have to do to get in on that? Well, Who do just, I have to talk to? We, we we can. You already did it. Where was where was my vote? Well, we, you can be in it. I mean, I'm I'm Friday rolling. We all we do <laughs> once a week is talk about NFL wagers and angles and things of interest, items of interest. Yeah, I'd like to do that. That that honest to goodness is my Super Bowl pick. Cards that's and my, Pats those plus seven hundred. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, that's. I I I uh, I fear Seattle on the road. Um, because you know they they played on the road last week. They're going uh, they're on the road this week. They're going to be on the road again next week. I think at some point that runs out, and I think where it runs out, it potentially is in Arizona, uh, two weeks from now. Cards and Chiefs is or, plus twenty five. Yeah, whatever. It is. Cards and Chiefs is plus twenty five hundred. In case you were wondering, I know you were wondering mm. about that one. Mm. Last thing while I have you on the phone, please. We have to talk NBA for five minutes. Okay. Just people like our NBA. So basically, nice. to recap our playoff picks, you like Houston plus three and a half. I like the Chiefs minus three and a half. We both like Cincy plus three. We both like Washington minus one pick them plus one wherever it ends up. And yeah. you like the points in Minnesota. I'm taking the points as long as it goes up to seven. I mean, I'm laying the points as long as it goes up to seven. Over um, seven, you wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. So um, I'd like to apologize to you. Oh, I have an apology for you. Uh, uh, 2016. You. It's about 2016 is about uh, cleaning a slate and new new beginnings, new starts, admitting your I faults. Like I apologize for talking you out of the Kawhi Leonard MVP bet at 50 to one. <laughs> I feel bad about That's it. 50 to one. I don't think you're going to win, but there's a chance if Curry may play 62 games or something. What if he keeps getting hurt or something weird happens, and then him and Draymond split the vote, and all of a sudden Kawhi. On the 67-win Spurs team, uh, ends up winning the MVP. I'd feel bad. I just, I, I want to tell you that I feel bad. That's so nice of you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I could have done it anyway. Obviously, you could have done it. or you couldn't have. I could have. I could have. I could have gone ahead and made that bet. Cavaliers, no Cavaliers Thunder, finals matchup possible. You want to guess the odds for that? got to be in the plus like 400 range right 500 plus 900 oh my goodness yeah oh 
you know I like I have an irrational uh, thing for OKC now. Cavs Warriors is minus one ten. Cavs Spurs is plus two seventy five. Cavs Thunder plus nine hundred. So I like both the Spurs and the Thunder. I, I I'm going to do both of those. I'm going to hang up the phone. And make a communication, issue an electronic. Oop! I don't want to talk about an electronic. <laughs> I'm going to figure out a way. Just seems to, like to enjoy those odds. Okay, see, I, I, they're definitely the third team in the West right now as a contender. No question. Doesn't seem like they're that far away from the Spurs, though. You still have to beat Westbrook and Durant four times in a seven-game series. Yeah, I would not I, want to have to do that. And it's going and to happen in like, round two for somebody. It's going to happen. Spurs Warriors are playing OKC in round two. Seems like Billy Donovan is finally getting the hell out of the way. Yeah. Thanks for getting out of the way, Billy Donovan. <laughs> I mean, you dumbass. They're, 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 they, the idea that one of those two guys has to be on the floor at all times seems like it's catching on. Here's what I like about OKC just as a future bet. I think they have a trade to make. I think they have too many big guys. And... There's there's a two for one or something, but they they're one more shooter waiting to happen. Ryan Anderson is a really interesting possibility for them. Oh my god, that's somebody who play crunch time for them. Oh my gosh, you kidding? You know, and he's sitting there, and teams want him. Like Ryan Anderson is going to end up getting a nice package for New Orleans for for something, but um, that's somebody that could really help Oklahoma City. There's a couple. Your guys team like needs a guy like that, by the way. I watched your team last night. I'm I done with my it. team. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> it's part of the process. They can't. They can't take off for the season until I've said nasty things about them and I've written them off. I'm just done. I, it it it's too familiar. They they still can't score. I hate watching their trips down the floor, and the 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 ball stopping and and just missed open shots. It hurts my eyes. They have. There's two problems. One is that they're they're built around the three guards and especially the defense of when they have Smart and Bradley and Crowder out there all at the same time, right? That's that, Their identity is defense, but Smart was hurt for a while, and now Bradley's hurt, and they can't yeah. get those guys going together at the same time. So none of this is that surprising. Yeah. Um, but what's frustrating is, well, first of all, Isaiah Thomas isn't a crunch time guy day after day after day. He's a guy who should play 25 minutes a game, and you ride him when he's hot, and when he's not hot, you don't play him in crunch time. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, the, and this is the same problem as last year. What's the plan B? Well, they don't. They don't, and there's a little James Harden going on with him where I don't want to call him a ball hog, but when he has the ball, he's going to do something with it. You know, and the other I guys kind of funny. Let's around. just start calling him little James Harden. Mini James. But when he has it, everybody's kind of watching him, waiting to see what he does, right? And now it's been a a full year of that, and it makes the Celtics pretty predictable. And what's happening is there's certain teams that have the right kind of guy to shut him down, right? Shumpert owns Isaiah Thomas. The the taller guys who can move with him, they just take him out. And the Celts have nobody else to create offense, you know, and they and He's playing too many guys, which is another problem. They have too many guys on the roster. Like, they're dying to make a four-for-one, and it's just the trade hasn't materialized yet. But you can't play 11, 12 guys a game. Nobody's getting consistent minutes. I don't feel like anybody on the team is really happy with their minutes except for Crowder. Yeah, um, I, I, I know that I have a problem with the Celtics when I'm watching, getting frustrated by their lack of, of ability to score and wishing that Evan Turner would get the ball more. 
Yeah, Evan Turner is the second best creator on the entire team. Yeah. And he's actually been pretty good this season, but yeah. I actually think Steven should do the Spurs model of just certain guys sit every game. You know, almost like what my daughter has when they when they have, you know, like fifth grade volleyball and they have too many people on the team, so everybody has to sit out two games. Like he should just try that with the big guys. But the uh the other problem is their lineup last year that was really good was when they played Crowder at the four and they went a little small ball action with the guards and all that stuff. Everybody in the league does that now. It's not, it's not, you're not taking anyone by surprise with that angle. You're just going against other teams that are doing the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, you're not and, creating an advantage with it. And the league's better. So the Celts are in this weird no man's land where they're too good to tank, but they missed their window to go for the two seed or the three seed. They just played. They had two games against the Nets. They had a Lakers game. You know, they they they, they should have gone four and zero. Oh, they went one and three. Oh, we they, they still can, and we really, really, really need them to do this. Win forty five games. They still can do it. I think they can do that. It's not too late. I keep not waiting. Nobody I really will make want a, them to do. Nobody will make a trade this year. You know, you look at all these teams that are just seem like they should be dying to make a trade. Like Phoenix, what the f are they waiting for? Well, Houston's dying to make a trade. Houston's dying to make a trade. What is is Memphis just going to go down in flames with grit and grind? <laughs> Nobody in the it, league plays that way anymore. Is that where you're it doing looks Memphis? Like it. it looks like it. I'm interested to see. There's some. My team needs to make a trade. Your team definitely ne- desperately needs to make a trade. But what's the trade? I, are you it, willing to give up impossible. a number one pick? Are you willing to give up no. Otto Porter? Are you, you have an expiring? All of that. It just depends on what we get back. There's a lot of unpalatable options for my team. I read a good piece somewhere. Maybe it was Dan Devine. Dan Devine does that, uh, like a power rankings thing or something. And he was saying yeah, how yeah. he loves how John Wall's playing, but he hates watching the Wizards. And I thought that summed it up. That's how I oh, feel too. Yeah, welcome to my world. Yeah. John Wall's been, you know, he had a little rocky start, got booed once, but. He was hurt. He was hurt. It came out after the month of November that he, he had either, it was a hamstring, he had a leg problem. I don't recall it off the top of my head anymore. Are you sure you don't want to roll the dice with Dwight Howard? Oh, my God. Roll, roll the dice down the sewer? Yes, I'm happy to do that. Take two dice and throw them down the sewer. Really? You don't want to roll the dice with Dwight Howard? Don't like him. Don't like his game. Don't know how he fits in. What, what, what was the last moment of extended success with Dwight Howard? What team do you point to that he's been on in the last five years and say, oh, well, they were, that was poor, pretty formidable. They, they were out doing stuff. Um, would you trade Nene's expiring for Tyson Chandler? Sure. Yeah. Something like that. Roll the dice with Tyson Chandler and his weird contract and the fact that he looks like a corpse. Yeah. But you know, that the pick and roll with him and, and, and John Wall, that's cool. I'm into that. That I'm into that kind of thing. I I think that's where you think, I think you need to use the Nene expiring and roll the dice. I've already complained about not having gotten Channing Fry in the off season when the team knew that it was going to try and do this, um, pace and space offense. I don't think you should save cap space for Durant this summer because I don't, I, the move for him will be to roll it over we, to, and it, sign a one year deal and expire when Westbrook's expiring and have those yeah. guys go into 2017. He's not going to be a free agent this summer. It's not That's happening. a fact. Zach Lowe did the, the, the definitive piece on this at the very beginning of the season. He, he is going to be when he enters free agency properly at the same time as Westbrook and Ibaka 
a 10-year service player at exactly the moment that the cap explodes. Right. So he, under the current collective bargaining agreement, will be able to command 35% of the cap at that moment. He is not doing anything this, 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 this upcoming summer other than resigning with OKC and his homies. He's not going anywhere. The talking about team talking about teams that might make a trade. The Clippers are fascinating to me. First of all, I've gone to two games this year, and I, I just dislike going to their games. You don't like it, I know. I don't like it. I just don't like going. I I don't like how Doc has infected the fans. And I, I say this with love, you know, Clipper fans. You know, you know, I I love what you've been through, and I, I think you're you're good fans. And don't take this the wrong way, but. Every referee isn't against you. It's it, this isn't a league-wide conspiracy to just call games against the Clippers. Like the, the well, that there's the chicken the and egg there. The, that team can't keep bitching. You know, it took on that identity three years ago. I know, and it, and now it's infected the fans. And when they had these home games, it's just this tsunami of everybody thinking the world's against them. And it's like. Yeah, some of these guys are hard to call. Like Blake Griffin, you could call a foul on every play, or you could call a foul on no plays. And Chris Paul's really physical. And, you know, uh, and DeAndre gets fouled all the time. And it's just, it's weird. I had more fun going to the Clipper games when it was like the Tim Thomas era, and it was just weird. And they had weird guys in the team, and you didn't know if somebody was stoned. <laughs> like, uh, and somebody would, could score 45 points or zero. And it was like, oh, good. Corey McGetty showed up tonight. And sure. It was just more entertaining than wh- whatever this is. I don't know what this is, but Blake got well, they've hurt. They've been on a little they, tear here now. Go I ahead. know Blake got hurt and they started playing better, which is the fundamental problem with this team. Which is when they have those three guys together, it doesn't totally seem to work. Even though the plus minus, I've seen all the plus minus numbers. I'm just talking about crunch time. DeAndre and Blake at crunch time just seems like teams can know how to shut it down. Tate. Hey, hey. Do you like do you like watching the Clippers at crunch time? No. Tate says no. Tate loves basketball. Uh, Carolina guy. I always like to ask Tate one question where he doesn't have a mic and there's just silence and the listener doesn't know what happened. You always give him a yes or no answer to opportunity to. I would trade this is sacrilege and I really don't want this to end up as like a blog post or something like Simmons says trade Chris Paul because I know how the internet works. Like just settle down. I'm just talking to my buddy about basketball. I would trade Chris Paul right now if I was the Clippers. I would trade him today. What could they get back? I don't know. I would I would shop it around and see if I could get a point guard who could at least start for me and a whole bunch of assets that either I could keep for the future or maybe flip into something else. I'd want to get a shooter back. So somebody like Milwaukee? Is that an interesting something? Well, you but you can't piss off Chris Paul either, right? You got to send him to a place where he's not going to be mad at you. And he's like, and Why? if you're the other, well, cause then if he's going to Milwaukee, he's going to be mad. And if I'm the box, I don't want angry Chris. I don't want to give up my entire team for angry Chris Paul. You know, it's gotta be like the right fit. I wonder if he and Jay Kidd are boys. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway. it's year 11 for Chris Paul. Point guard history says this is you're in your past prime right now. Basically you're still in your prime, but you're running on the fumes of the prime. And now he's about to morph into a guy who can still get there, but it's not going to be every night. Like you watch Westbrook, it's like that guy's in his prime. Athletically, he's showing up every single night. You know what you're getting with Westbrook. Chris Paul's like moving toward the stage where that's physically not possible with all the miles that he has on him. Well, I don't know any teams 
with assets that fit. Maybe Houston. That's the only one I can come up with. Teams with assets that fit the constraint you just put on, which is don't don't make Chris Paul angry in connection with the trade. Would he be angry if he went to Houston? In the first place, I can't would find the trade. trade with the Clippers? I can't find the trade either. That's the problem with this. I, can't I don't find disagree the trade. with the premise, by the way. I think he's at an all-time high. Well, not all-time. That's silly. But for this phase of his career... His value is as high as it's going to get. That's what I really mean. I mean, you could do a, a Toronto with Kyle Lowry, but I don't. If I'm Toronto, like, what does that get for me? Right. No, I wouldn't do that. I don't know. I don't. Toronto. My point is, I don't know what the, I don't know what the Clippers should do, but they can't win with the team they have, and it's just going to get old, and they're going to miss their window, and it's going to be over. And I would not trade Blake if I was them. I would. And they've said it. This is the the the, the window is this year. I would shop DeAndre. Wow. After all, they just went I know. Through. You got to, though. You got to at least see what's out there for him. Dallas have anything of interest coming back to the Clippers? The problem is the, the teams that make sense for Chris, Dallas. where he's not going to be mad, are on the, in the West. And it doesn't make any sense for the Clippers to trade with somebody in the West. Here's the Clippers' destiny. Right now, they're a four seed. That's where they're going to end up unless Duran or Westbrook goes down for a big stretch. And they're going to lose to Golden State in round two. That's going to happen three and a half months from now. (laughs) Put it in the book. Put it in the book. They're going to lose to Golden State in round two. So do you just accept that or do you try to do something? That's what it, that's a. It's it's a hard one. I mean, we talked about this uh, five weeks ago with Chicago and D. Rose. Now, at the moment when we talked about it with D. Rose, he was still not able to see out of both eyes. I'd trade him right now. Who, Chris Paul or D. Rose? I trade Derrick Rose. I just did another drink that wasn't spit. Uh, <laughs> I trade Derrick Rose to. Uh, I try to get Brooklyn to bite on him. He looked really good last night. Yeah, trade him right now. Your, your team could not get in his way. Good trade. Who wants him? <laughs> Chicago and and L.A. Clippers. D. Rose to the Clippers. The track record of guys not being at an elite level for like more than three years and then coming back and rejoining that elite level is really not good in the NBA there history. Is, there is no track record. There's no track record at all. Who fits he, that description? Bill Walton. And Bill Walton did it playing 18 minutes a game for the Celtics. He's a role player. Yeah, he's, he became he, a role player. He wasn't player. elite. He was an elite role player. My fear with D. Rose is that it's a Penny Hardaway type of situation where Penny Hardaway goes from Orlando to Phoenix, gets knee surgery. He's good. He's good for a year. His knee's hurt again. And everybody's kind of like, no, they have Penny Hardaway. He's great. And he wasn't great anymore. And a couple years passed and he got hurt again. He came back, he got hurt again. And then, then he got traded the Knicks and it was over. You know, that that would be my worst case scenario for them. What would you do if you were Phoenix? I, I, <laughs> that's a rational question. Uh, we were asking me to try and apply rational thought to an irrational situation. I've been completely lost by their um, game plan, their MO, their their strategy since the moment that they had four draft picks in the uh, you know two years ago, four draft picks in in, in a draft that that people lauded as one of the best of the you know last last twenty years. You know what I noticed um, with them? They, you remember Dumars? I think got bounced in the summer of two thousand fourteen. Yeah. Dumars was like the all-time hit-or-miss GM. Every move he made was either fantastic or a complete catastrophe, and there was never a middle ground, right? Like, he'd be like, 
this summer we signed Ben Gordon and Charlie Villanueva and tied up our cap space for three years. Like just complete catastrophe. Darko Milicic over Carmelo. Yeah, that's great. But then he'd flip it around. He'd be like, yeah, we're going to take Andre Drummond. It's like one of the best picks of the decade. Yeah, um, exactly. Tayshaun Prince, the Rashid Wallace trade, signs Chauncey Billups. Um, the Allen Iverson trade, another catastrophe. But he was like hit or miss, hit or miss, hit or miss. And now Phoenix has assumed that mantle. Everything, everything, uh, everything Phoenix does is either terrible or fantastic, and they're what, and they're on a run of terrible category. Huh? Yeah, what, what's what's been fantastic? But remember, heading into that summer, they had like a million first round picks. They had cap space. They had all these young guards. Things were looking great. And they won forty eight games. They won forty eight games. Hornacek. Markeith Morris, they they locked down the Morris twins to a really good contract, and then it's they went been out and got another point guard. Hell. Yeah, they went out and got another point guard and pissed off Goran Dragic. The biggest mistake they should have kept Isaiah Thomas. They should have kept that Lakers pick. That Lakers pick is is gonna rear its ugly head. So Markeith is going to go somewhere. That will be a trade. I don't know where. Hey, can I, I would def- welcome him to Washington, by the way. I'm glad uh, people are finally realizing what happened with Markeith. Th- this is the most cut and dry thing that's ever happened in the NBA, where it's like, oh, what happened to this guy? Why is he so bad? He signed a deal with his with his brother. They said, we'll give you $52 million for four years. You guys split it up however you want. They're like, great. We'll take, we won't even explore our market value. We just want to be here. We want to play together. We'll, we'll sign this deal. They didn't. Their agents didn't put a no trade clause, any of that stuff. And then they trade his brother a year later, and now he's got a bad contract for what his production was. He's not playing with his brother anymore, which is the whole reason he resigned. They screwed him over, and he's mad about it. Yeah, well, and 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 he's a millennial, so it's his fault. <laughs> Has that what Tarver up. said? I I didn't realize how late we went. Let's talk. We'll yeah. talk more hoops next week. Can't uh, wait. So thanks to Squarespace for making it so easy to build state-of-the-art websites without breaking a sweat, uh, sweat regardless of your skill level. No coding needed. House, you're going to do this this weekend. Promise me. I'm going to do it. And, and the thing I'm most excited about is the food porn section. Yeah. Okay. At Squarespace. You're to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to build a website. You're going to have you're gonna have football pics and photos of things that you've eaten. That's right. By the way, this I would bookmark that website. Just can you do that already? Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you get 24-7 online support, a beautiful website for only $8 a month. You even get a free domain. So it has you get to come up with your own domain. Uh, start a trial, no credit card re- credit card required on Squarespace.com. Oh. Offer code BS, 10% off your first purchase. Thanks to HBO. You don't need cable or satellite to watch HBO anymore. Just download the HBO Now app. Start your free one-month trial today. Uh, the new Mad Max movie starts streaming on HBO Now and HBO Go this weekend I heard it's spectacular it's it's, uh, it. it's pretty great and that one of the better things they've streamed in a while they also have the Godfather uh, remember they did the Godfather thing where they, they did it chronologically oh I love that yeah that starts next week always good stuff now on HBO now so check that out thanks to SeatGeek the presenting sponsor of the BS podcast and the Channel 33 podcast which we had a bunch of uh, podcasts that we did this week including I did a Bachelor podcast with Juliet Littman oh yeah did my whole theory about um, Jubilee 
who every year they always have just one or black or one or two black contestants on The Bachelor for some reason, and nobody yeah. ever thinks this is the worst thing ever, which it really is. Like at least one year have like eight. Um, Pretty obnoxious. But this one they have this year really has a chance to make a run. And uh, I haven't watched The Bachelor in twelve years. Well, I'm you should watch this man. one, Jubilee. Uh, she's a war hero. She's beautiful, and uh, I love her name. Has a chance to be. I always co- used to compare this to like Gonzaga making the Final Four, um, wow. just flipping the script. And she was and, on a run. She might be. It might be the Jubilee pick of the week. That might go on Jubilee. the website. Yeah, you'll like House Jubilee. From DC.com. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Channel Thirty Three, a whole bunch of good stuff on there. Check that out. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck with your football picks, and uh, you can subscribe to the BS Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher. Or SoundCloud. We are out. House, good luck with the skins. Yeah. Good luck with the Thank skins so and, and try not to assault Daniel Snyder. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually rooting for, for, for our paths not crossing. All right, good. All right, enjoy the weekend. Thanks. Ready, rolling. We are about this bitch. Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here. Close your eyes. And picture me rolling. Picture me rolling.